What is going on? Welcome to the Land Podcast. This is Jake Hofer, and this week we have Jim, the Land Talker from Iowa, here on the show. And Jim is an appraiser, and he follows the Iowa market as close as anyone as I know or I've come across. And he shares auction results, and he has a newsletter, and I encourage everyone to go over to his website and check it out. And I'm going to have the link to it so you can go and sign up for his newsletter or follow him on Twitter or X, I guess now. Uh, the land talker. So Jim's going to tell us about what he saw in 2020, 2021, 2022, and how things have really accelerated in our market. And then what things have looked like this past year. And then looking into 2024, some general trends that he's seen. And furthermore, what are the trends for the next 10 years, the next 50 years? So we get into this. Jim is a wealth of information. I hope you guys really enjoy this conversation. In case you're brand new here, the goal here is very simple. It's to help 100 people buy their first piece of ground. There's three ways to be included. Number one, if you're in the state of Illinois and you're looking for a licensed agent, I'd be more than happy to help you out. If you're looking in an area of my expertise, number two, if you want to get connected with with someone I would consider doing business with, happy to make an introduction. Uh, you can make your own decision. I can give you as many folks as I know. And uh, number three, if you simply learn something from the podcast that helps you move forward with confidence, let me know. We're getting so, so close to the 100. We're, we're getting about two to three a week. That's about the average. So two to three people send an email, and I really appreciate reading them. Uh, it's awesome to hear about everyone else's success of people finding a deal or finally having the courage and the plan to move forward and buy a piece of ground because of this podcast. It is extremely rewarding. So let's jump into the conversation with the Land Talker Jim. Here we go. Jim, good morning. How's it going? Oh, good. How are you doing today, Jake? I'm doing great. I'm very excited for today's conversation. Um, you follow the land market in Iowa very, very close, and you've been doing it for a long time. And I'm excited to hear some things that you've seen over the years, some things that you might think about the future and just kind of the current state of the agricultural market in Iowa specifically. Before we get into all this, why don't you introduce yourself for anyone who hasn't followed the land talker? Absolutely. Um, like you said, uh, Jake, I am the land talker. That is my Twitter handle. Uh, my name is Jim Rothermitch. I'm a agricultural appraiser with Iowa appraisal and I live in West Des Moines, Iowa. Um, like I said, I work for Iowa appraisal and we are a commercial agricultural appraisal firm. Our parent company is BCC advisors and they are business valuators, litigation support, and mergers and acquisitions companies. So we work together on a lot of projects. Mm -hmm. And so I've been appraising uh, since 2006 and I got my certification in 2009 and I've got uh, my MAI designation, I think in 2018, my ARA designation in 2020 and ALC designation in 2021. So I'm loaded up with designations. Um, I'm originally from a little town in central Missouri called Avaz, and uh, that is uh, just north of Fulton, Missouri. I was raised on a grain and livestock farm uh, there, and my brother runs the farm today. Uh, how I got in the appraisal business, I, I used to be in the hog and grain business and just got burned out of lack of labor, mm. and I decided I needed a job that I only had one person to worry about, and that was me. So I got an appraisal business. I had the degree um, 
from University of Missouri in Ag Econ, so I had a degree for it, and I had the interest in it too. So, um, so that's kind of how I got started. I replaced a retiring appraiser in Des Moines in 2012, and that's how I got to Des Moines. So you moved from Missouri to Des Moines once you started appraising. Okay, I did. Yeah, I what did. Uh, was in, in compare because Missouri and Iowa are kind of two different states. I know they're, they're neighboring, but you know, you look at Northwest Iowa to South central Missouri, it's almost two different landscapes uh, when it comes to the land market. Were you, were you hoping to gravitate towards, I mean, I would say Iowa is the kind of the, the top shelf for the, the, yeah. the, you know, the yeah. cornerstone of the country when it comes to the agriculture yeah. market kind yeah. of worked out yeah. that way by yeah. design or just, or kind of worked yeah. out it just the way it went. No, I look at that as Iowa was the NFL of, of that. <laughs> the business I'm in, you know, I, you know, real estate and farming and yeah, uh, miss the NFL. Uh, <laughs> there's no question about that. Um, yeah. One thing, you know, when I was down there in Missouri, I was always looking up here at Iowa because they had so many land auctions up here. Missouri wasn't, they were doing a few, but nothing like Iowa was. And I, and I always thought what a blessing to have so many openly negotiated transactions. Yeah. And so when I had the opportunity to come to Iowa, I jumped on it. And, and I, you know, Iowa is a, a disclosure state. So, you know, when, when they close those sales, they have to report those sale prices. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not like that in Missouri. And it's a non-disclosure state. So finding those sale prices could be difficult. And, you know, if you call a buyer or seller, they could lie to you what the sale price is. And you, you would know no different. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Uh, so when I got the opportunity, I, I knew uh, an aggressive auction market was a blessing. And when I got up here, I took advantage of it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that makes a lot of sense. Do you think, and just, just your opinion, with Missouri being a non-disclosure state, do you think that slows down an acceleration of land prices with, with Iowa, with so many auctions, people can easily find a lot of that data? And do you think that inherently creeps up the prices faster because the the information's more streamlined or do you think oh, that absolutely okay there's so. no there's no question about it when that market started getting you know the the market here here's my analysis of the market in the past 10 years the the market peaked the last time around 2014 and then it went down you know corn prices fell down to four three dollars or whatever and the market was flat up until october 2020 and in october 2020 that thing exploded i mean that's the only adjective you can describe is it exploded Mm -hmm. and auctions were the only way to figure out where the top of the market was at so Mm -hmm. down there i'm not not uh, well missouri was slow to the party because they weren't you know doing so many auctions and i can remember one particular auction down there in, in northern missouri that they had and it just the, the prices were unbelievably different than they were, were, you know, not that long ago. And that one land auction started setting the prices in the area. And if it wasn't for that, they were just slow getting up there. And, mm-hmm. and so that that's why auctions are an important part of our market. You need to have a certain amount of transactions openly negotiated. So everybody knows where you're at, where the market is. It's mm-hmm. that simple. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's why I like them so much. Yeah, yeah, they are. They're right. They are fun to follow along. And you're right. I think a lot of times 
people, I mean, just in the business, people guess what things might go for. And a lot of times during that time period, they were far exceeding what a lot of people would expect. And to your point, the the market was uh, adjusting to to what people were willing to spend. And as you mentioned, the open negotiation, if, you, if you're interested, get a better number and and bid to what you want to pay for it. That's right. That's right. And and the market was just so hot. You, there was no way knowing where that top was at mm-hmm. and it was moving fast. So I'm not knocking listings. I know that's a big part of the market, but that, that auction was very important in that time frame. from, from the fall of 2020 to, to present. Mm-hmm. It was very important to have a, a good number of auctions to figure out where that market was at. Yeah. During that time frame, even let's say, how how important was that auction data for maybe a piece that was listed or, or a piece that was off off market and you had to do the appraisal and i assume a lot of times and correct me if i'm wrong like sometimes appraisals lag a little bit because those things have to be recorded and and correct me if i'm wrong but how how important was that for maybe off market deals when you look at these different auctions of okay these are this is where the market's at and like pulling comps from even let's say july of 2020 because the market from your your perception is that it did explode from July of 20 yeah, to yeah. onward. Yeah. I, I, I got caught in some situations where there were some listings that turned into a bidding war and, and the, the, that sale price was way up there. And, um, you know, and I have all this auction data and I also have listing data and the market, it jumped ahead of the market. Yeah. And I didn't have the sales to support it, but you waited just a few months or six months, maybe I, I would have it then. So there was some times where uh, that some of those listings turned into bidding wars and they shot above the market. And that, that happened, absolutely happened. Mm-hmm. But then it, the market, you know, as time expired, the market caught up to it. Mm-hmm. So you were mentioned, you know, the last 10 years, What what do you think, for the next 10 years. And I know no one has a crystal ball and it's, uh, but what, what do you think is someone that is maybe sitting on the sidelines and they're just kind of watching along? What, what is your pulse or idea for what people could potentially expect over the 10 years, which I know is a very long time frame. It's right. Decade. Sure. Sure. I expect it to be as good or better than it has been the past 10 years. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you that right now, Jake, the, there is a lot of demand still for to buy farmland investors are wanting to get in this space mm-hmm. and those investors have done their homework and they see a bright future the next 10 years uh for land for the land market that's why they still want to get in this space mm-hmm. and they're still very active in this market they're just not as aggressive as the farmers are i would say you know as the, the market starts cooling off some they might start getting some farms by Mm-hmm. But uh, but I'd say it's going to be as good or better the the next ten years that it has been the past ten years. That's exciting. Yeah, that's exciting. Depending on where you're at <laughs> in your land journey, and so I think would you say that still to this day on on February second, twenty twenty four, that there's still more buyers than there are sellers in this marketplace. Uh, that the buyer pool shrinking. I'll tell you that, mm-hmm. and uh, um. I would say we're in equilibrium, Jake, and and mm-hmm. based on my auction data, you know the market's flat. So uh, compared to you know looking analyzing 2023, the market is flat, and mm-hmm. so 
I would say we're in equilibrium with buyers and sellers. What concerns me is the buyer pool is shrinking. Um, as I get this auction data, you know, we're starting to have an uptick in no sales. Mm-hmm. And when I call those auctioneers to confirm those sales or no sales or whatever, uh, a common theme is what I'm hearing is they had people interested in it. And when they went and talked to their banker, they were out. Mm-hmm. So we didn't have that over a year ago. Um, so that that's changing and I expect that to continue. Um, I do my auction research every three weeks. I go through 130 websites. One thing I noticed the last research I did is there's more listings than there were. Mm -hmm. And it seems like, it seemed like there was a lot of price reductions on those listings that was out there. Mm -hmm. So that tells me the market's starting to cool off. Mm -hmm. And one other thing, Right now, there's more hog sites for sale than I've ever seen. Mm. So what if do you have any listeners that's wanting to get in the hog confinement space, <laughs> now's the time. Okay. <laughs> that's it. Why uh, Why do you think that is? Is it? Is that business, was there an overdevelopment of those or, or why do you think people are oh, yeah. that business? The, the hog guys are losing 20 to $30 a head. Wow. And they, they did it last year in 2023 and it's set, it's our, it's there this year. I don't know how long it's going to last, but it's got a lot of hog facilities on the market right now. Mm. Do you think that would re do you think that eventually rebounds or do you think that it's a, a, a diving knife? Uh, I think they've got to get the, the sow herd reduced enough uh, to get, it, it's not a demand problem. It's, it's, um, their expenses just shot up so high for various reasons, high utilities, high energy feed costs, you know, so they've got to reduce the herd size to get the prices high above what it costs to produce. So that that's basically what, what they got to do. But, you know, they, they've cut back the sow herd and um, they've cut out the worst sows and it's the production's still there. So, Mm-hmm. So they got to do some more trimming of that sow herd to get those numbers down low enough where they can get the, the price above the cost production. So that, that's kind of where they're at. I think it'll probably get adjusted right here in 2024, but it's it's slow. It's mm-hmm. slow. It's terribly slow. Interesting. Do you, so this is, uh, I listened to some previous uh, previous episode you did recently, and you were talking about Northwest Iowa. And it, it seems... I'm in Illinois, so I don't know Iowa uh, nearly <laughs> as well as you do. But it seems yeah. to me that the northwest part of the state is a lot of the record-setting farm ground uh, articles come out of there, and it, it seems to lead the country in reality for the agricultural market and pricing. Have you seen with whatever is going on the northwest part of the state have similar trends or a ripple effect for the rest of the state? Meaning, if things are getting really hot in northwest Iowa, people could expect that maybe throughout. The, the Midwest or is it, what have you seen? Have you seen any trends or ripple yeah, effect yeah, of that? No, I, you know, in Northwest Iowa, well, you know, th- those, that's the area where we started seeing the first tw- sales north of $20,000 and higher. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, the last run up we had in 2014, there was like two or three sales up there north of $20,000 an acre. I think the highest at that time was 22.5. And then, you know, on this run up, you know, the highest we had there in, in uh, November of 2021 was $30,000 an acre in Sioux County. Mm-hmm. And it seems like um, in Northwest Iowa, 
when we hit somewhere around that, you know, January 2021 area, we started hitting those $20,000 sales every week. I mean, they, they were just rolling them out left and right. And, and some of them were at our 22, 23, $25,000 an acre, just, just week after week after week. And, you know, as I watched those sales um, just pour out of there, we started getting some in other parts of the state over $20,000 $20, or higher. So I think as people seen those results coming out of there, they, they kind of readjusted, you know, man, this, this market is just really hot and, and $20,000 is, is not too high for a farm. You know, that's kind of a jolt to, to think about that. Yeah. Um, but, but people come around to it, you know, and so we started seeing sales around other parts of this state in $20,000 and higher. And, and then what I know, I was watching Illinois auction results and they were kind of slow to the party over there. And I was like, man, I, I don't understand why they're not getting those big prices over there. Well, they, they eventually worked up that way. And that's mm -hmm. one thing I noticed was this fall is they really cranked out a lot of $20,000 sales over there in Illinois. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, that's, it starts there in Northwest Iowa and people see it and they kind of get used to it and then they're okay with it. And then they bid accordingly is kind of how I think it goes, Jake. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it's very interesting. And it's always, you know, that, that part of the country that gets the crazy headlines of uh, prices. And then it, it's just kind of an interesting trend. And do you think if you had, this is off the wall and then we didn't discuss this previously, but at, how many years do you think it'll be until it's, it's a hundred thousand dollars an acre for farm ground. Fifty years, well, sixty years, less than that. That's a good question. <laughs> it's um, coming, right? Like eventually, it will. Absolutely, hit. Like, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Well, I tell people, you know, I do those those posts on social media, and and I'll tell people, you know, those twenty five thousand dollar acre sales, or even that one down in Missouri, thirty four thousand eight hundred dollars an acre. Fifty years from now, those heirs to that property are wonder why they didn't buy more at that price. Right. So, so how long? Uh, I don't know. Maybe fifty years. I, I don't know. It's um, crazy. But but that that's the you know some of these farms are getting sold now with those when those people bought it, the cash rent is what the price of the land was when they bought it 50 years ago, you know? Yeah. Um, so eventually we'll get to that. You know, these farms are selling for $20,000 or higher. Mm -hmm. That'll be the cash rent for those farms in 50 or hundred years, you know? <laughs> yeah. 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 It is. It is very interesting with that. And, and, you know, I think what's interesting with, with your experience too is, do you have any advice for anyone that has been saving up? And and I know you mainly focus on agricultural ground, obviously, but let's say someone's saving up for their first 40 or their first 80. And do you have any advice for someone like that, that, that from, you know, I'm sure you've seen people grow operations uh, just through your business. Right. And I'm sure you've seen yeah. people maybe, um, you know, have extend themselves a little too far. So any advice for that? Uh, be a good student to the market. Um, follow people i i think i'm the only one in the midwest that that does what i what i do you know follow mm -hmm. um, you know i post those sale prices and keep everybody informed but you know more data is is good and you know pay attention to the market um there's opportunities in a in a changing market right now 
So you 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 have to look at all those transaction or potential uh, sales that are out there and realize when there's an opportunity and take advantage of it. Mm-hmm. Do you do you think that even throughout the top markets, did you see did you see a lot of opportunities or did you see that it was so competitive it was really challenging to to find a good you know let's call it a good deal and then compare that to maybe a softer time, maybe 2015 or 2016. Was there more deals then than there was in 2022 or 2021? One thing about there in the, the period from 2015 to 2020, there wasn't much land on the market. Right. So that, that was a problem. Um, there was some buys out there, but there just wasn't much volume. Mm-hmm. And it was, I, I've heard realtors say in that time period, it was the lowest volume they'd ever seen for farms coming up for sale. Mm-hmm. So when you have more volume coming to the market, when these times, you know, when the prices are good, you've got more opportunities to buy. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's always a sale that'll flip flop. And that's when you need to be there and pick that up. Mm-hmm. And, and as this market cools off, we're seeing more of that. And especially those farms that no sale, you know, you might want to call that realtor up, and, you know, see what the bottom price is on that farm and, and see if it's in within the range that you're thinking it's worth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a that's an excellent tactic. If you had to compare, I know we're only a month into 2024, but if you had to compare what you think 2024 would mirror, is there a year that you think someone could you know follow that trend? Is it is 2024 going to be similar to a 2015, or is it going to be similar to a different year that sticks out to you? Well, I think. I don't think there's a year to compare it to Jake, because in 2015, the market cooled off 20 to 25% after that peak. I don't think we're going to have that. Mm -hmm. I think we might have just a single digit uh, correction. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's it. So that's amazing. That's amazing that we have corn prices where they're at. And and I'm predicting it's going to be very stable. And part of the reason why I'm saying that is some of the cash rent auction results I've been getting very strong. There is absolutely no weakness in the cash rent market. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of those leases are for three years. So I'm like, well, the next three years, this, this market's not going to move much mm-hmm. in my opinion. So I, I don't have anything to compare it to 2015. It went down 20, 25%. I don't think it's going to do it this time. I think we might be looking at single digit. Do you think that if rates do end up getting to five or 6%, do you think that's even possible to see an acceleration of the market for the second half of the year? Obviously they didn't lower rates this last meeting. seems like they're not going to lower rates in March. And, but they, it feels like the market has started to price in additional drops. I know uh, obviously not directly related to agricultural loans, but the, the housing loans are the lowest they've been since May of 23. So that they're starting to drop. So do you think that, if rates do get low, lower five to six range that we could see an acceleration for the second half of the year, if that's what's keeping I, buyers out. The only way I could see it getting an acceleration is if we have a big harvest. Okay. That's, that's the only way I'll see it. I'll say we'll have a bit an acceleration and it's just, it'll just be a bump. It won't be a mm-hmm. explosion. Those explosive markets are out until we get back to $7 corn. Mm-hmm. Then, then I'd say we, we'd be have a heck of a run, but, do you think we'll look back in, in 20 years and just say that 2020 to 2022, let's say, was just a historic market with strong commodities and extremely cheap money? It was, I mean, it was just like the perfect storm for right. everything to explode. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think we lived in 
historical times. I think we'll look back at that and just won't believe it, but we knew it happened because we lived through it. You know, some of those farms, they were borrowing 3% money. It, it was, th those interest rates were just crazy low and we'll never see that again. At least that's what I'm hearing. We'll never see that again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I remember when, when we were in the middle of that, I, I said on here that we're in the golden age of interest rates because I, I don't think we'll ever, we probably won't see that again. And if we do, it, there's probably some bigger problems going on in the world why they have to make money that cheap again. Right, 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 right. Yeah, they kind of, I just don't see it happening again. They kind of got burned on that, having it that low for that long. So let me ask you this. Have you, and I know you're, you're mainly focused on agricultural ground, but there's a lot of uh, recreational and timberland buyers, people that, that like deer hunting, obviously Iowa synonymous with deer mm -hmm. hunting. Yeah. Have you noticed any relationship with what goes on with farmland prices in correlation to let's say a mixed use farm? So maybe something that's 20% tillable and the, and the balance is pasture or uh, timber. Have you seen a, a similar, similar trends or are they almost identical or what yeah. have you seen? Yeah, no, no. It, as those crop land prices goes up, it pulls those, those farms up too. Mm -hmm. um, I will tell you that, you know, recreational land is worth more than pasture land. Mm -hmm. That's kind of hard to believe, but right. those it's prices just got so aggressive on those, you know, good recreational tracks. And, and, and it wasn't just Iowa buyers. There's people coming from all over the country wanting to buy the recreational stuff and, and they, they were paying cash. Mm -hmm. Uh, so, so it, it, those, you know, as, as the land prices goes up, it raises the tide for all of it. So, mm -hmm. um, that, you know, pasture just hasn't been as aggressive, but, but it has one up. It mm -hmm. has. Mm -hmm. That's it. Do you, with that being said, do you think that if you're thinking that the land market for agricultural markets going to be probably flat or maybe a, a, a small reduction. Do you think that recreational will follow that same trend or do you, cause, and, and I'm going to deduct this with a, a recent observation. There was an auction here um, in Illinois and, and it was a 121 PI farm. And in, in my thought, it should have went at least over $10,000 an acre and it went for, for 81. It was, it was kind of a soft sale. And then it was two tracks. And then track number two was I would say a recreational farm, it was, you know, 83 some acres and 20 FSA tillable acres. And that actually went for 71 an acre, oh. which, which, you know, you look at, you look at the ag piece was a, a really strong buy for whoever purchased it. And then looking at the recreational side, it's wow. That, that tested the market to what anyone would have thought that that should have went for. Have, have you seen that trend too? Cause it seems like some of these rec pieces are still remaining very strong. And I'm speaking for Illinois, not Iowa. Yeah, yeah, no, we're we're still getting some really strong sales on recreational tracks, um, but I I can see that maybe being affected more than than cropland because that that money that's spent on that is is you know fun money for those buyers, mm -hmm. and I can see that starting to you know dry up, uh, you know they don't have that pool of money much, you know like they did you know two or three years ago and. And interest rates have went up, so I'd say that's affecting those buyers too. So, mm -hmm. so yeah, I think it'll it'll affect that market more. Um, you know, just visiting with some of those recreational uh, realtors, they're, they're, that's kind of what they're telling me too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Have you noticed any seasonal trends or patterns for the land market? Is there is there a month as you're a buyer that wants to quote unquote get the best deal? Is it pretty flat throughout the entire year or do you see that auctions in July, for example, 
be a little bit softer than something where there is open tendency in the early part of the year? Well, I've had people ask me when is the best time to buy a farm. And my answer is the best time to buy a farm is when it's for sale. Right. <laughs> okay. Yep. <laughs> because farms might only come up for sale one time in a hundred years. So that that's why I make that statement. Mm -hmm. As far as timing in the year with, um, you know, our, our sales season kind of runs from August to up to March or April up to planting season, you know, after harvest, to up to planting season. That's typically our sales season. Then it kind of slows down during the summer months. Mm -hmm. um, I think there's opportunities there all the time, all year long. And, and that's something you've got to pay attention to. It seems like we're getting more sales in the off season during the summer months. People work through, you know, that, uh, you know, a lot of those farms are rented for the year. And so, um, you can't get possession of them until the end of the year or whatever. And so, um, but, but it seems like people are working through that. And, and so my, I suggest potential buyers to be a good student of the market, be paying attention to that mm -hmm. and, and realizing when there might be an opportunity. Do you think it's easier now than ever to pay attention to the market and be a good student? Uh, of Absolutely. The market? Yeah. Oh, no question. That's the most exciting no. thing about the space. No question. It is absolutely, I, I mean, with, I wish more people would do what I do in other states, mm -hmm. but if you follow me in Iowa, you're going to know what's going on in this land market. If you, if you get my newsletter or follow my tweets or my blogs, you are going to know what's going on in this market mm -hmm. and, and, and knowledge is power. That's just all there is to it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I couldn't agree more. And I think that's the most exciting thing about this space is I, I think as it, as it matures, it, the, the data will get even more streamlined. And, and I think that's should be very exciting for buyers and sellers, because to your point, knowledge is power to what you mentioned. And uh, th those resources are more available than ever. That's right. And it's getting better. It's getting better. We're, I'm working with a, a guy and, and we're, we're putting something together and, and it's even going to be, it's going to be outstanding and it's going to be real time and, and you're going to really know what's going on. That's exciting. You have uh, on your on your bio for your company website, buy land, they're not making any more of it with Mark Twain's famous quote. What does that quote mean to you today? Well, Mark Twain was a very smart man. And what it means to me is um, high quality tillable farmland is, is very precious. It is, there's only so much of it. And it's not very much. So we need to take advantage of what we have. And that's why land keeps appreciating over time. It's the best investment there ever is. It's because they're not making any more of it. And and people need to eat three times a day. And, you know, the population's growing. And not only that, but the, the people in, like in the Southern Hemisphere or other countries, um, they're their calor caloric intake is like less than 2000 calories a day. Well, if they, uh, they need to get, you know, there's potential there to get them up much higher than that. And so they're going to need more food. And so um, the demand for food is, is, is going to get stronger as time expires. And mm -hmm. so, so that's what it means to me is, is land is, is very precious and there's only so much of it. And that's why it keeps going up over time. So mm -hmm. uh, one other, one other question, 
I noticed there was a recent sale. Microsoft bought a track for forty million dollars uh, in the yeah. Des Moines area, and it, yeah. it seems it seems that that area attracts a lot of different type of buyers like that. Is there something unique about Des Moines that everyone focuses, or I shouldn't say everyone, but the, the large companies like the Microsofts, the Facebooks, the Amazons of the world that that want to have facilities there? What I understand, I, I can't guarantee this, but this is what I've heard. It's because of the green energy that Iowa has, the wind turbines and, and what have you, is makes those people want to be here. Mm. And that's that's what I understand. And I kind of believe that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's very interesting. Is there any other any other things that come to mind that, that people should know for this year and for uh, many years to come? Be a good student to the market. Knowledge is power. Um, just pay attention. There, this market's adjusting, and whenever you have an adjusting market, either going down or going up, there's opportunities, and you got to know when it's there and then uh, take advantage of it when that opportunity comes up. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Well, I really appreciate your time and information and what you do, Jim. I think uh, it's everyone should follow along with what you have going on. Just, uh, you know, we mentioned the ripple effect of Iowa, uh, no matter where you're at in the Midwest, you, uh, pay attention to what's going on and what you're sharing, because it may have an impact for you. I know uh, people may say, well, it's Iowa. What's it have to do with me? You might be surprised. Would you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. The trends, the, those trends will follow Iowa. Absolutely. That Iowa is a trendsetter. Mm -hmm. Very good. Well, where can people follow along? I know you mentioned uh, your handle, but anything else you want to plug where people can follow along and, uh, uh Go ahead. Uh, if you go to www.iowaappraisal.com, you can sign up for my newsletter. It's a free subscription. It goes first out first business day of the month. It's got some commentary and it's got all the, all the results uh, of the auctions in the in the month, whatever month that is. So um, I highly recommend that. And then if you want more updates, follow me on Twitter. I've got a blog that goes out every Monday that's got the auction results in a week. And then if you follow me on Twitter or Facebook or LinkedIn, I post a lot of the auction results and you get it, you know, just as soon as the auction's over with. So if you want to stay updated, that's on the land market. That's how to do that. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Jim. I greatly appreciate it. And uh, we'll, maybe we'll have to do this again next year and see how 2024 unfolded. No, absolutely. Thanks for having me, Jake and appreciate it. And, Fun is fun, fun subject. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you so much. You bet. You bet.